0: Father, we gather tonight, and it is a wonder to be able to remember again the wonderful love that you showed for us, the faithfulness that you took upon yourself. Gathering with your disciples at table, knowing that we would need the reassurance centuries later, knowing that we would need to taste it and touch it, wanting so earnestly to speak to us in the mysteries of meal and making us family at a table. Father, it is a wonder that long ago you would sit at table with those disciples and have each one of us on your heart. And not only would you be faithful to the Father in going to the cross, but that you would also think of us to give us mercy, forgiveness, the opportunity to live a different way of life. So, Father, as we're together tonight, we pray that your Spirit would fill this room, encourage us at table, strengthen us with the power of your Word, and bind us together to be your people, a holy nation, a force for the kingdom of heaven, a force of compassion and mercy and grace. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Would you have a seat as we turn to the Word tonight? Well, tonight is uh, hopefully going to be a, an interesting night for us as uh, we not only think backwards to when Jesus gathered at table with his disciples, but uh, that we too will gather tonight at table as, uh, as a family and uh, uh, be that family that he really initiated Uh, all those uh, years ago. And, uh, you know, I think of of family and, uh, you know, families are always so different from family to family, right? Just every family has their own character. They have their own traditions and everything. And uh, how about you? But like my family, one of our family traditions uh, was that on Christmas Eve, we'd always have uh, oyster stew. Don't know why. Don't know where it came from. Uh, Just know we always had oyster stew, on, uh, on Christmas Eve, and uh, yes, that's right, there was always raw oysters as well. Anybody up for that? There you go. All right. Families in the crowd. It's Good. Well, you know, families are just interesting things, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're this creation of God, and uh, I thought I'd give you a pop quiz on families tonight. It's a simple one. Uh, it's just to see if you could identify uh, some of these uh, famous families here. So if... Uh, if we can get that up, maybe we could do that, but if we can't, they're screaming and hollering going, ah, it's all falling apart up here, uh, so I guess I won't test you, but I'll do it, do it verbally. So I, I put together some pictures of some, uh, some famous TV families, so just shout it out. Who's like a famous TV family that, that you remember? Huh? Yes, I had them on the list! They were my last ones to really get you, you know that. Yeah, the Kardashians, I had them. Anybody else? <laughs> Huxtables, they were on my list too, yes. The Cleavers. The Cleavers. I didn't go that far back because they were black and white. So, But yes, yes, leave it to Beaver. Brady Bunch, I had the Brady Bunch on my list. I should. Adams Family, yes, I love the Adams Family. You bet, I used to watch them all the time. Yeah. Anybody else trying to remember? Huh? Modern family? That's a very modern show, right? Yes. <laughs> I'll give you that one, right? I wish, uh, I, so here's one nobody's shouted out yet. There's is my last one on my list, the Flintstones, right? And what was the neighbor family? The Rubbles. There you go. Very good. You passed. Excellent work. Right. Well, you know, each of those families are, are interesting in and of themselves, and especially that last one, Kardashians, is kind of a chaotic family, I think, right? Kind of falls in the chaos family. But, um, I mean, the reality is for all of us, as we think of family, we get different kinds of thoughts and emotions that get. There they are. There they are. Thank you, Terry. There they are. I think that's, uh, was that Seacrest along with the Kardashian family there? Is that right? Ryan Seacrest, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, every family's kind of unique, and sometimes families can be um, uh, chaotic. And tonight, as we go to the last of the words—not the last, but the second to the last of the words—Friday night we'll deal with the last word. But uh, the words, remember, we were doing the the words of Jesus from the cross, and we gave you five on Sunday morning, and promised you the last two. And tonight is is one of them. And uh, the word uh, tonight is um, the third word that he speaks uh, from the cross. The third word he speaks from the cross. Uh, And it is that word that really talks about and creates uh, family, right? He's hanging on the cross. He has already uh, been over and over again forgiving, right? Forgive them for they don't know what they do. He has already... Turned to the, uh, the, the thief who is uh, on the cross and already, you know, promised to be with him, right, in paradise. Uh, so he's already turned to them. Boy, nothing is working for me tonight. Um, so he's already turned to them. And now he speaks a third word. Guys, can you advance it for me? And it's when he turns and he looks and he sees his mother uh, Mary. And there it is. Woman, behold, your son... Uh, Son, behold uh, your mother. And so he speaks this word, and as we walk through this word tonight, um, we should hopefully get some comfort, and we'll also get some reassurance of what's going on. Uh, The first thing is, uh, it is a word of compassion. So Jesus is on the cross, and uh, we think of what he's going through, but uh, think also what's going on around the cross, and what his family's going through in specifics what Mary is going through, right? So Jesus is on the cross and what's going on around is just chaos, right? And and we see, you know, the soldiers uh, who have crucified Jesus taking his clothes and they're to see who gets the garments. I mean there's just all this chaos and, and the remember the leaders are are mocking and scoffing who we went through that. There's all this chaos and yet In the middle of the chaos, there stands uh, Mary uh, and Mary's sister, Mary the wife of Clophas, and Mary Magdalene, along with the disciple uh, John. So in the middle of all the chaos, in the middle of what Jesus himself is going through, he is able to see and discern and speak to his mother and to be able to speak to her own pain. I mean, you have to wonder, what was, Mary, what was Mary experiencing in that moment? To be there and watch her son uh, give up his life and die before her eyes. I mean, we all know that's not the way it's supposed to work, right? Those are parents. Some of us have that pain in our life. We're just like, it's not supposed to work that way, right? We're supposed to be go, be go first and they get to watch us die, right? Not supposed to be the other way around. But here's Mary, and you have to wonder if she isn't thinking about this quote that goes back to the day when they brought baby Jesus into the temple. Remember that day? They bring baby Jesus into the temple, and there's the prophetess Anna and the, and the, the prophet Simeon there, uh, and they see baby Jesus, and, and they cling to him, right? And Simeon says, This child is destined to cause many of Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Now look at this one. And a sword will pierce your very soul, talking to Mary. You have to wonder in that moment if Mary, in the middle of the chaos, wasn't experiencing those memories of this very word as her life is being shattered. Here she is at the foot of the cross with her own son dying. And in the middle of all the chaos, in the middle of everything that's going on, it says, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciples who he loved standing nearby her, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. There's the word. Isn't it great to know that in the midst of the chaos, Jesus is able to look at our pain? I mean, here he is, giving up his life for the world. And his third word from the the cross would be directed to the pain that his mother is experiencing. I think that's a good word of compassion and hope for us, isn't it? That no no matter the chaos that's going on in our lives, no matter the, the chaos that's going on in our family, that by his very nature and by his very character, Jesus is capable and able and willing to look into our own pain with eyes of compassion. He couldn't do anything else. The psalmist in Psalm 116 identifies, look, you've got to understand, this is the character of who Jesus is. This is the character of who God is. It is part of His nature to pay attention and have compassion for our pain. Psalm 116, The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, He saved me. In his character, hanging on the cross in the middle of the chaos, Jesus sees his mother's pain and he responds. That's a good word of hope, isn't it? Good word of comfort, good word of strength that we have a compassionate God. Now, what's interesting is how does he solve the problem of Mary's pain? How does he respond to Mary's pain? Well, how he responds to Mary's pain is foreshadowed in the experience that we're about tonight. We call it Monday Thursday, right? Monday goes to the Latin, which means mandatum, which means command, right? And so tonight, Monday, command, Maundy Thursday is the night when they gather to